Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Huck and Ride Podcast, presented to you by Kenda Tires. This is Jason Simpson, along with my co-host, Lala. And this week, we have a couple of our favorite people in the bike industry. Yes. I know they. <laughs> they just got moved. <laughs> so, yeah, so, he says that to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. We are here with Bryson Martin Sr. and Ronnie Dillon What's from up? DVO Suspension. Thank you guys for joining us. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. having us. It's good to be here. All right. Uh, we, we didn't have to twist our arm like our kidnapped them to do it. So I totally forgot you guys were coming. Though I'm like, what? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Why is Lala here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone run and hide. <laughs> uh, so, Lala, you're a trooper this week. Uh, you just uh, had surgery on your mouth. Yeah, I won't be talking much. You guys can do all the talking. Yeah, that new today. diamond grill looks pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you, uh, right? When they're yeah. there, you might as well put a diamond on there. Yeah, yeah. Spend all good. your money. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still numb right now. we got to finish this before the numbness wears off. <laughs> Bryson, um... So you ventured out how many years ago to start DVO suspension? It's almost ten years. I think coming up uh, April of next year. Really? Ten years, yeah. Wow. It doesn't seem like that. That's no, it does. Crazy. It does. Like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you look ten years younger. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's because Ronnie gives me massages and <laughs> you know. late night back rubs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the outside peeing and bootleg together. <laughs> the cold air. <laughs> It was yeah. a special moment. It was a warm night. Yes. Yeah. We like, you know, <laughs> we, made, we made eye contact and it was like locked, locked <laughs> eyes and this full moon. Note to self, don't go out of the motor home with Ronnie <laughs> and Bryson. Ten years. Uh, yeah. Coming up on that's awesome. Um, did you think it was going to take off like it did? I mean, I know we all have our moments of slowness and it's going to happen. What, what did you honestly think when you decided to do this? I'm like, well, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> you can always no. um, Well, yeah, it, it probably the last four years, it's accelerated to almost, and now with COVID and everybody's riding bikes and such, like we're, yeah, we're straight to the moon right now. And it's busy. Like when, uh, you know, during the Marzocchi heydays, you know, I think, Heck, I think we're the, we were the largest high-end suspension manufacturer in the world. So we we're, you know, doing a couple hundred million in mountain bike. And I said to myself, like, there's no way I w- ever want to do this again. Like, because when you're at that point, especially us back there working with the Italians and stuff, you're just waiting for the wheels to fall off. Hmm. You know, we're just so busy making so much stuff. And I'm like, I never want to be that busy again. And now here we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that busy again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then some, right? But yeah, fortunately, at least we, we locked tight the lug, the lug nuts on the wheels, so those aren't going to fall off. Good. No, it, it's Red going good, it. but it's busy. Good. Well, we, we know we got yeah. Ronnie out of the trailer at doing <clears throat> service at events, so the, the, the lug nuts are definitely tight. <laughs> yeah, he, he comes out once in a while. He makes, he makes an appearance. Yeah. So like, f- isn't that cool? You're going to be a guest appearance now. Like before, you were like, you better be there. You're all I got. You need to be there. I, I forget what it's like to look outside and see daylight at an event because you're just like, 
Yeah. Get right? to it. Well, I make him ride now, so that's that's like, ridiculous. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Ronnie, how long have you how long have you been not just EBL? Because I know you guys have history prior to that. How long have you guys been together? Whew. Um, like October, October 5th, uh, 1998, I started at uh, Marzocchi. J- wow. JP interviewed me. and um, He's riding his BMX bike yeah, to work. I rode my, my, <laughs> my S&M homes to the office. Actually, I parked my Datsun around the corner because I didn't want them to see the piece of junk that I drove. And uh, little did I realize. You didn't have that, a driver's license back then. You don't need a driver's <laughs> license. I don't have one right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, true. October 5th, 98, started working with these guys, and it's it's been insane changed honestly changed my life i probably i'd be a better person if i didn't work <laughs> yeah. well we know how this podcast yeah. is gonna yeah. go yeah. you guys are gonna be entertained the whole time well i know from running the team all the years um you know we needed forks and that's when i first started talking to you yep is back in the marzoki days and we became friends through it all and it's just amazing on how you know, I always try to explain to everyone it's a small world. You never know who's going to be your boss or when you're going to get fired or need to move on to another job or whatever. And this, that's how this industry is, right? And so I think a lot of industries, but it's so tight-knit. But back in the day, talking to you all the time and and helping us with the team. And then then we got to meet uh, Papa Bryson. Sorry, I call him Papa Bryson. Have since day one also. We call him Dad. Dad. <laughs> well, and that's that's it. It's like Jay coaching to me. Like, you become that to – you've seen a lot of people come through these doors. But, Ronnie, I mean, you, you've seen them all too. And I like when you're like, he's not going to make it. You're like already know from the get-go. Uh, yeah. You know what, though? Um, I mean, we've been around – okay, so you, you'll notice with a lot of companies, um, their turnover is ridiculous. So, fortunately – for me, and I mean, for all of us that work together here, um, a lot of us have worked together for that, the entire length of time that we've known each other. So there's what, I mean, like the core of us, there were about eight of us and we get to see these other companies. I don't, I'm not going to say fall apart, but you see how often they rotate staff. Yeah. They have right. a lot of turnover. So, yeah. We show up to these <clears throat> events and I'm like, that's not homeboy from, you know, where'd that other guy go? Yeah. And you know, a couple months go by and you're like, okay, somebody new is, is manning that booth. With with our stuff, it was always customers showed up and they were like, dude, that's awesome. It's been three years you're still here. They show up, with, you know, six, six years later with, you know, their their kid now. They have right. a three-year-old son and they, they know that they can depend on that. Yeah. Well, that that speaks volumes. You hit You hit it on the head about, our, the bike industry has that turnover, and we, we see it in all, all kinds of companies, you know, and, and it's, for better or for worse, it is what it is. You know, people just rotate through, it seems like, in this industry. But, Bryson, you've had, JP has been working with you how many years now? Yeah, he started maybe a year before you did, Ronnie. I think, I think, I think two or, he been has 25 two years or three or years, two years on me or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then Ronnie, you've been here that long, and now I know Bobby's back working with you again. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, and then it's, Tom. It's, Tom's been Tom Rogers here, yeah, as well. So, I mean, that's that's huge. <clears throat> Loyalty and we, and, and we and can't youth. forget Bryce, we can't forget Bryson Jr. Oh, he didn't have a choice. He was born into it. So. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. <laughs> Like, Poor nope, kid. Nope, you're gonna, this is what you're gonna do. <laughs> no, but that that's awesome. I mean, you 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 know, you guys are family, and it's yeah. and that's become evident. I mean, even with 
with Lala and I, you know, out at an event, you know, whether we're on your, your product or not, we're, we're friends outside of that. And we go, you know, yeah. we, we can come in to the DVO trailer and, you know, get heckled like the rest of your family. So that's oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, and you get abused. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Lala. <laughs> she likes the abuse, though. Yeah. Well, I like that. We were, <clears throat> we, we went out of a race, and one of our, our our girl came up to you guys and who's on a different suspension, and you guys actually tried to help her, which was cool. And then the next day, you guys needed something from us, and, you know, yeah. it's it's that family Yeah, we part couldn't of get it. a hold of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, please call us back. I was talking to Ron. He I just, they were out. No, come on. Uh, no, it's willing to help back and forth, which we appreciate doing what we do and you guys doing what you do because it is it is that when you're out in a we were just talking about making sure you try to have everything. Yeah, it's, and it's hard. stuff happens, right? Well, it's you know we're we're there at events and we're obviously no suspension and we know how to work on bikes and stuff. Someone needs help. You just I don't care if they're riding whatever right. try to help them out because you know at the end of the day it's you're going to leave a positive impression yeah they could be a customer or their parents might be you know riding our you just never know so you just be cool and exactly. try to help people out and you know well i have to tell you i mean being in the bike industry in the store level it's and being at cyclery in the past three weeks you know before it was like okay being out here in santa clarita people know dvl right you know, or when we when we were first on him, you were so new at it. We were your test dummies, right? Um, <laughs> no, we're just dummies. <laughs> yeah, just literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> but even just last week, one of my employees was like taking off his other suspension and was like, "I want to, I want to get on a." And one of the guys asked him, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I want to get on a DVO." And uh, the one kid's like, "You know, they don't have product right now, right? You know, nobody does." And <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I know, but he goes, I'm gonna clean this up, put it on, and I need to sell it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, get a DVO. I'm like, oh, okay, and you had just helped one of my other kids when when he at Summit with his mm -hmm. rear suspension, and so he's like, looks over me and he starts laughing because he knows I know you guys. He goes, yeah, I'm gonna try to call him and see if I can. He has no clue I know you guys, and so to see if if he can. Talk to you guys, see what, you know, yeah. how soon and all that. I was laughing. The kid mm. looks over at me. He goes, are you going to tell him? I'm like, I'm <laughs> not going to tell him. And so he's like, yeah, anyone can, anyone who wants to trade me a DBO for this uh, shot, this fork can can trade me out. And and he was looking at me. He's like, you got one, Lala? <laughs> and he was hoping I had one to trade because, you know, I was like, it was just to show him. But it's funny because your name is popping up more and more is what that story was about, like, and I mean, and I'm in Riverside, so yeah. it's not just because you're right here. It's, it's, it's. People are talking good about it, and they're out there, and and so it's cool. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely getting there, and um, you know, it's when you first start a business, you have your early adopters and people that want to be different, and you know, we're definitely going its course. I mean, going almost ten years now, so yeah. most people have heard of us right um yeah you, you know you run into a few people that don't and yeah that's okay too so and is it devo or is it dbo both <laughs> yeah. both depends on how much you've been drinking <laughs> <laughs> no it's it, it can be yeah it can be said yeah either way so bryson <clears throat> going back um to the marizoki days how did you start out in the bike industry 
Um, well, prior to Marzocchi, let's see, I was racing. I think I started racing like in 80 or so, 81, right when I went were to Were wheels round then or were they square? Um, they were stone. <laughs> they were a little heavy, but yeah. <laughs> a long time. Okay. Yeah. What kind of racing were you doing? Just cross then? country. Okay. That's all there was back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point A to point B. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was eight years old, just letting you know. You're eight? <laughs> uh, I'm not that old. I mean, I was probably 10 when I first started racing. <laughs> I went to college early. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Very accelerated. Yeah, yeah. I was an accelerated reader. Um, so, yeah, I was in school and then um, took uh, got a couple different jobs, um, like business, corporate stuff. You, you graduated <laughs> with a business degree, right? Uh, economics, economics, yeah, okay. and then went to studied business, like in the master's program, and then um, I think I, yeah, I was I was racing. Actually, applied for like a job at Shimano and all this stuff when I was in school, or just get out of school, and then um, I was, I think I was, yeah, I was living in Verdugo, so La Crescenta area, and then got hooked up with Brave Cycles, like that's yeah, way back in the day, yeah, so. We were making bikes here in America, just hardtails and rigid forks. So I got, that was kind of my first sort of job designing things and wow. being, you know, doing bikes and things like that. And then kind of designing parts. And like when I left the corporate world, I was like, I'll never wear a suit again. Like, okay. No way. I was doing some international trading and commodities and stuff. And it was like, you know, guys were... It was, you can make a lot of money, but it was the most unscrupulous job in the world. Like, I was just like, I can't, I can't, can't rip people off. Like, this is horrible. Yeah. Like, convincing people to, you know, invest and buy commodities and things like that. <clears throat> so I was like, all right, you know, I figured I just want to check this bicycle thing out for a while. And then, uh, that was, you know, like in the nineties, it really blew up big. Yeah. So this was in the mid '80s, I think. So. Okay. Yeah. So it was racing, and you know, back then you had to do cross country, uh, uphill, downhill, and trials. So the the whole Norba thing. So yeah. I was, you know, yeah, got worked my way to being a pro downhiller and race World Cups and stuff like that. So that was fun. Very and cool. then. Um, I got hooked up. I did a bunch of stuff for Mountain Bike Action. You know the. The so-called wrecking <laughs> wrecking crew. Um, that was fun. You were and part of the wrecking crew. Yeah, I don't tell too many people that. So I like to keep <laughs> that. You know, just keep that to yourself. Will you? Just in this tight circle here. <laughs> um, and then uh, met. I was at uh, one of the bike shows. I think it was Interbike. I think like the. Or I think it was the first one that was at Disneyland. Okay. When it left Long Beach Convention. Mm-hmm. So, um, I saw one of the guys from an Italian guy from walking around and I was like, he had a Marzocchi shirt. Cause I know Marzocchi from the motocross, you know, days and stuff when I had, you know, old motocross bikes with Marzocchi suspension. So I was chit-chatting, <coughs> excuse me, with him. I'm like, what are you doing here? And it was Andrea who, you know, who's my good friend that I ended up working with for whatever, 28 years or so. Okay. 
And he's like, oh, we're trying to make a suspension for the mountain bike, you know? And I was just like, hmm. I'm like, here's potential job opportunity. Because <laughs> this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. I know exactly how that happens. He's like, ciao, Bryce. <laughs> ciao. Uh, I was just going to say some Italian cuss words, but no, keep it clean. And, uh, yeah, so fast forward a little bit, uh, went to, you know, Italy and said, hey, I want to, I'll, I'll run, I'll start the mountain bike program. I'll, um, cause they were just only in motorcycles at that point. And I'll start the mountain bike program. And I'm, I'm talking to Mr. Marzocchi at, at the point, this point, Adriano Marzocchi. And, uh, I go, I go, and I promise I'll make it bigger than the motorcycle program. And he starts laughing, ah, ha, ha, you know, he's just like, he's like, I, uh, I appreciate your, your arrogance. All right, let's do some business, you know, and that's really how it came. Wow. And then I left, I was like, holy crap. It worked. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How am I going to pull this off? Yeah. You were wow. going to try to fake it till you make it, right? <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good stuff, right? That goes way back, too. Yeah, so at the time... When I was there, I think Steve Simons and Paul Turner, who started Rock Shock, they were at Marzocchi two weeks earlier trying to get Marzocchi to make them, you know, their designs. Okay. So, yeah, that was, a, you know, in that time period, it was only Doug Bradbury making his Manitou, but with Elastomers. Yeah. And then there was um, the Mountain Cycle suspender mm-hmm. fork, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that was the early days. That chair sounds like that <laughs> yeah. fork, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember having the elastomer forks. It was awesome. You'd change the color of the elastomers to stiffen it up. You know. You know, I I think um, my first time on an elastomer fork was a Manitou, and Doug. I got it from Doug at I think it was World Champs or something at one race, and I was like, oh man, this is great. But you bounce off the trail, but there's no damping, rebound damping. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it it worked. If you put them in the microwave, they blow up. My last never, <laughs> oh, never, you just <laughs> messed up on it. I have an experiment to do. Yeah, I oh, never it gets did. real big. It's so cool. I thought the bag we of chips in the microwave was good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that, but. <clears throat> okay, so wait a minute. Uh, something I just learned. You did World Cups. What, what was your, who'd you ride for on World Cups? Well, I was doing Brave Cycles the company I was working for at the time. And then, I mean, I did a bunch of other little design work like back in the day for Alpine Stars. No, you racing. Up, but me racing, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, so I think my best, I liked the Kamikaze. That was my my best that finish. I think I was like 16th or something in pro. But that wow. was, you know, that was the heyday though. That was like Philippe Paracas and Francois Gachet and of course Tomac and Miles Rockwell and... Top it was all the ones who set the set the pace for, for it to go to do. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, going into the '90s, that's about when I I started racing, not at that level, but you know, going. I was, know, a, veteran. Going, I was a veteran in the '90s. Going, to, yeah, I know. So going going to the event. So I just remember the early days. I mean, I remember being at national champs at Mammoth one year, in my age class for cross country like which was you know like a four-year span of age or whatever there's so many people just in that class yeah the gun would go off and you'd watch people take off for a minute before you mm-hmm. rolled out 
you know, I'm going, well, shoot, I'm more than a minute back already just off the start because there's yeah. so many people. But every team had, you know, car sponsorships. And um, so during those days, it was like early to mid-90s. Um, were you with Marzocchi at that at that point or what what year did you start with them um i probably officially or i started sort of as consultant i think in 88 or 89 okay yeah and then 92 is when i did the official paperwork for marzook usa okay out of my condo made it real official nice Nice. (laughs) so after after that initial startup in 92 how long before um because I think it it did come to the point where you you beat the the motorcycle sector of of Marzocchi. Yeah, during How long did that take? during the bomber. So, kind of to condense the whole story, you know, to make a short story long. Um, <laughs> so, when I first started, um, obviously I was a kind of a business guy. You know, that was my main core competencies. But I I knew the mountain bike business and being in America. That's what the driving force was American mountain bike. And everybody around the world wanted to emulate it. <clears throat> but the Italians are really proud. They're, you know, all the engin- engineers there were doing all the motorcycle stuff. And they had a lot of accolades. Like they were working with world championship motocross racers. <clears throat> so they were real proud. And they, they didn't, they had some wacky designs. So, I mean, I was fighting with the guys about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, just design stuff. To me, it was logical. Like, never put three millimeter bolts on the front of the crown because they're going to break. And the engineers were like, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't have an engineering degree. And I was like, well, I don't need one. Like, the bolts are in the front. Like, the forces are going back and forth. Like, the the freaking bolts are going to snap off. And what happens? Like, two hundred thousand forks had to get recalled because the bolts are snapping off. So, you know, I, I didn't kind of get control of things, the whole development, until the bomber program so we actually had a couple of you know we were you know we were making a few hundred thousand forks at that time prior to the bomber so okay um and then we had a lot of mistakes like the italians were you know the engineers and stuff a lot of design stuff they were just kind of like you know we were making a lot of product and business was growing and they were just throwing designs out there that weren't really tested yeah. Um, to the standards they need to be. They're testing stuff, but not to what, you know, the way people were riding the bikes. And so we were, <clears throat> we had a lot of trouble. So one of the, I think one or two of the main engineers got canned. So I was like, oh, okay, here's an opportunity. So I was like, kind of did this whole business proposal. And I think I like the, I actually wish I would would have kept it or confined it i think it did something like code red or cold blue or something like this is like emergency you know like or we're going to be in trouble and came up with a whole new fork platform and called it the bomber and and you know design you know tried to design most of the internals and the exterior and the the whole campaign that goes along with it and we're going to launch it as as this free ride fork and because nobody really knew what free ride was back then too so tied this fork the type of riding with this fork to a thing called free riding and then work with the canadians to push the whole free riding concept too so i'm like okay this can be a a market where we can be alone because our competitors back then were rock shock and manitou fox was kind of coming into you know 
with some air shocks, I think, but not forks yet. So like if we can just be in this marketplace alone, establish ourselves there and not have to go fighting in the whole racing scene and stuff like that. So they were like, oh, okay, let's try it. <clears throat> so we did, you know, we made some mock-ups of the first, and it was like, I mean, back then, 30 millimeter stanchion tubes, four inch travel. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was like, when we first got the samples, we put on a bike, I was like, oh my God, that thing is huge. Like, yeah. it does not look appropriate <laughs> for a one inch head tube and, and a hardtail and things like that. So I was just, I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my God, what did I just do? I'm going to get fired. Like, this is so weird. <clears throat> and I remember Miss Marzocchi patting me on my back and just going, well, I hope it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I was just sitting there, Yeah. And so I remember flying back from Italy with a bunch of samples. But when you, ro when you rode the fork, it felt amazing. Yeah. Like, it felt like nothing else. So I remember I drove... Um, I got in my in my car and I started driving up north to ultimately go to Canada to to go visit. You know, I had a lot of good core customers with Kona, Norco, Rocky Mountain at the time. So I remember I stopped at Specialized, <clears throat> met with a product manager, <laughs> and I'm just waiting and waiting. And I just kind of showed him this fork. I'm like, yeah, this is a new fork, you know, and it's going to be for this new genre of riding called called free riding stuff and. And I remember he just passed me on my back. He goes, Bryson, man, I really like you a lot, but you're from outer space. If anybody's going to buy this stuff. And so I was, you know, I was a little deflated and I was like, oh man, you know, this isn't, this isn't a good first meeting with a new product. So then, um, <clears throat> hopped in the car and just kept driving and finally got up to, to Norco was my first stop. And I know those guys really well up there, Peter Stay Smith and JJ and, uh, Paul and everybody else up there and Martin Tamek and put them on the bikes and we went riding and they were just like, holy hell, this is a game changer. Yeah. And then, you know, went to Kona, same thing. And then Rocky Mountain, same thing. So I was like, all right, you know, this is, I think this is going to work. Yeah. So. It's crazy how, you know, the, just the difference of culture, what the acceptance up there as compared to, you know, nothing against specialize or whatever but they're hitting a, a mass market probably socal is where mountain biking was you know yeah. has always mm -hmm. been really big but you go to the northwest and it's like well the riding's so different and what they're the way that they're pushing the riding at that point because you kind of hit on something the whole free ride market that was yeah. that was just coming around like that was something that you know it was only uh, really happening up there yeah I, I we mean, didn't was, even know it was free we, it was kind of we didn't know it was free riding right it was just skiers that yeah kind of took what they were doing in the winter and just like well we don't have snow right now so we're going to do this on bikes yeah. so i mean you, you really i think part of your vision at that time too helped accelerate that whole market so yeah i spent a lot of time up there riding prior to the bomber so you're riding in this terrain and you're really riding down like we would take the chairlift up in Whistler there wasn't a bike park yeah. I can get into that story that's a funny story too the whole Whistler bike park but mm -hmm. um, and we would either pedal up to the top or take a chairlift and you, you're holding your bike on the lift you know, and you hope it doesn't fall off but then you're just riding down trails well there there were some hiking trails but you're just going wherever you want <clears throat> so you're you know smashing into big rocks and you can just see your like little one inch fork there just 
twanging back and forth. <laughs> so that, you know, to me, I was like, God, this terrain is amazing. You know, the people are into it. Like, there's a lot of riders here, and everyone's breaking stuff. They're doing drops. They're they're doing, you know, crazy descents on super steep terrain. So I was like, that's kind of gave me the inspiration for bigger stanchion tubes, which yeah. ultimately led to the bomber. But you still don't know. Like, it's it's a really, you know, it's a microcosm of the bike world up there versus what was really going down, go, happening down south in in Los Angeles or Southern right. California with right. Specialized and the Cactus Cup and racing. You know, that's this was a huge market here. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, you know, at least we can be alone up there because, you know, Marzocchi was, when we were first starting out, like, you know, RockShock was a massive company, huge. Right. You know, so I had to fight with those guys, and, and uh, Manitou was, was coming on. Yeah. And they occupied the space. So really, like, <clears throat> I mean, even, you know, back then, working with Marzocchi, we couldn't be as light and as cool as those guys. So we ha- you have to kind of, you know, the easiest way, especially when you're launching a new product, is you got to find your own market or you make your own market. Right. You find that niche and go with that and yeah. let the name grow from there. Yeah. So. At least that's was your, that was your. That was a plan. That was a plan. So you had this plan and, and, and along with that plan, you, you hire this kid on a BMX bike, Ronnie. Yeah. R- yeah. R- Ronnie, what, what, uh, how old were you when you started? I just turned 21. Okay. And what were your, what were you hired to do? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's funny. That's funny story. The, yeah. the day I showed up, um, I actually interviewed to work in the warehouse. And um, I remember going in, talking to, I like literally rode up on my BMX bike. Um, and my buddies worked in the warehouse and they were like, dude, just interview for the warehouse. at like a super cool position. I'm like, yeah, whatever, dude. So walked in um jp grabbed me out of the warehouse because i was talking too much and distracting the guys in the warehouse yeah, the imagine time, that so. him talking <laughs> too much <laughs> so um he interviewed me and he was like so do you like you have any like like bike skills as far as can you fix things and i was like yeah yeah dude i'm not like not even not a big deal and i had previously worked at a bike shop but um I had no interest in actually working on bikes. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I love bikes, but I just, I didn't think that that was going to happen. <laughs> so we did the interview and then I walked out to the warehouse and my buddies are like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't think he's going to hire me, dude. So I start walking out to hop on my bike and JP's like, dude, when can you start? I'm like, I don't know. Give me two weeks. I want to you know, be decent with, with this guy that I'm working with. And, um, he's like, do you think you'd be interested and doing tech work and i'm like sure uh, dude i had no idea what they even did you were faking it till you made it too huh yeah <laughs> i guarantee you i did because i i mean he jp probably saw straight through my line of bullshit so <laughs> it, it kind of is what it is and then um yeah i came back in in two weeks and i start i go upstairs and this guy chris was supposed to train me for like a week and um so we go through the first day of training and then the second day he goes to lunch and I'm up there just kind of waiting for homeboy to get back. And he never comes back. <laughs> so JP comes back up there and he's like, where's Chris? And I'm like, I, dude, I don't know, man. I'm not like, I, I'm day two here. I buddy. thought he was yeah. my boss, man. And dude just quit. So 
I remember this like desperate, like in my head, I, I wanted to quit. Like I immediately wanted to quit. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, like I don't know anything about this. I'm answering the phone and these guys I'm talking to on the phone, it sounds like they know 10 times more yeah. than I do. So I actually, I actually went kind downstairs. Still the case right now. <laughs> hey, hey, hold on. You'll, you'll it wasn't the Italians, though. Right? <laughs> no, it wasn't the Italians. No, it was just the confusing uh, customers of the bike industry. But I went downstairs and I told this dude Shannon that worked with us that I was like, dude, I think I'm gonna quit. And he's like, why, man? I'm like, dude, I'm on the phone. Like that dude Chris abandoned me. I'm up there trying to work on things. I don't know what I'm. I still don't know the full inventory of what is inside that fork. And at that point in time, I think we only had like six or seven models. But um, there's only like, three parts in that fork back then, too. I mean, <laughs> come on, it was two and a half parts, dude. But he he was like, no, 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 you don't you don't get it, man. When you when you get the customer on the phone and it sounds like they knew know more than you do, just pretend like you know more than they do. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, just. Just go up there and try it's it. This is customer service I, at its finest. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. realized they were about to be desperate for a tech person if I quit. Yeah. And how many suspension technicians were there back in the day? You were basically finding anybody that wanted to take something apart because nobody really specialized in in stuff like that. Like right. There weren't any suspension specialists. So I went back upstairs and clockwork, man. The phone rang. I picked it up. <laughs> And this guy's talking about his Z1, a Canadian customer. I, I get, I got to find out what uh, what Z was later. So, and I just started lying. I started pretending like I knew exactly <laughs> what he was talking about, dude. You weren't lying. You were just pretending. <laughs> no, I was lying, dude. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! I did that for a little while, and then um, I, through my pretending. I, I would take a lot of time during the day to familiarize myself with what was what. But um, I guarantee you, one of the first Z2s that I worked on, I, I remember it like, like it was yesterday because I remember pulling it apart and realizing there were some mangled parts in there. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> I walk downstairs and I'm looking at this wall of, of inventory trying to figure out, like trying to like visibly match parts you know for like what was in my hand and then what was in those boxes see watching all those sesame street episodes hey, came in handy huh <laughs> yep mix and match dude and um yeah dude it was just it was like a, a scary thing for me and then you know a couple days later i actually met bryson um i think i worked there for about two months before i actually met bryson uh, the Dang, day of, too bougie to yeah. show you. Oh, dude, money? yeah. He, he, I didn't go through the back way. I always came in nah, the front he, way. He had walked, my own entrance, you know. He oh. walked back there to, to grace us with his presence every now and then. <laughs> but um, I heard this. Cr- I was upstairs. The, the old tech department was on this mezzanine, and um, I remember hearing this like crazy car in the back, like pull up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, what is this? What is this?" Walked down the stairs, and there's that this black M3 just chilling, and I was like. I want that. Yeah. (laughs) He gets out of it, and I was like, dude, you want to sell that? (laughs) I've been working here for a week. I'm loaded. (laughs) He uh, he immediately said no, so I just ran. I ran back inside, and I was like, dude, who is that jerk, man? (laughs) To one of the warehouse guys, and he's like, dude, that's the guy who runs the place. And I was like, oh, thank God I didn't talk any smack. (laughs) Yeah, 20 years later, he's got the car. He has the M3. Not 20 years. It took me 20 years to buy it, dude. Yeah, saving up his pennies. 
<laughs> yeah, man, it's 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 been nothing but uh, a learning experience. I mean, it's every day is something something new, something something fun. So, well, he Ronnie has a natural ability to take things apart and figure stuff out. Like he he could, you know, he could dismantle a nuclear warhead if he had to. So right. he's I've super super skilled yeah. at it. Yeah, he's worked for the Korean North Koreans. Yeah. I don't want to brag about I've that. I've seen I've seen some of you guys' Taiwan trips where he ends up. So <laughs> no, it's 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 something I've I've done since I was a little kid as far as, you know, dismantling something. Yeah. Whether or not it went back together properly back then. Lying to everyone, tell them you can put it back together just fine. Yeah, you, yeah. Just, you just don't ever show them that you don't know. And <laughs> it, it usually works out for there you. There you go. Well, it's kind of like on, I mean, same thing, you know, I started off cleaning and organizing the bike shop, you know, cleaning houses and all of a sudden I work <clears> at a bike <throat> shop and it's like, you, wait, what does this do? You know, and I'm moving stuff and you start, what does this work for on a bike? What is this? Yeah. You know, back then it wasn't the internet. I was taking home those thick catalogs and, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, I can get that. Okay, that works. For, you know, so it's cool, right? Like, yeah, you learn the assembly of, of right. whatever it is that you're dealing with. And then, um, I mean, you become your own your own specialist in a way. But it wasn't it cool, like, the first time you didn't have to pretend or, or lie, and you're like, no, that's what it is. And you're like, okay. I got this. Yeah. Let me go get a cup of coffee because <laughs> yeah. I just told the right thing on that one. That happened a couple of years later when... Um, years? They, yeah, well, <laughs> it, was like, it was like two years later they sent me to Italy, um, I thought, for a tech seminar. I thought I was going to take a seminar. Oh. And when I got there, I found out that the Italians made me do the tech seminar. So you I'm were, sitting in front of people. That, yeah, I was teaching yeah, I all of the distributors, this. and I was like, I was what? laughing. I was in the background. Going, oh my god! I was like, what, <laughs> what is he talking about? This is what not the happened? way a suspension works. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, that happened at Interbike, dude. Yeah, oh, yeah that man. too. That How awesome at... though! Like to where you're, <clears throat> you wouldn't think of going. Well, you might think about it, but you're not going anywhere else. You're stuck with them, huh? Yeah. It's it's good. I, f- I fire him once a week, but he keeps coming back to yeah. work. Yeah, my dad did the same thing. <laughs> he tried to get rid of me for years, and I wouldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know what else I would I would do if I wasn't doing this. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, you always tell me you want to be a dancer. Well, that's just you know that's how I make my extra. That's how I make the ends meet. That's yeah. hustle. They, well, t- no, they but, tip well. <laughs> but I mean, I had to talk to you on that side <clears throat> of it because working in a store and calling you for stuff. Not just when we were on the team stuff, but even yeah. that. So, like, I remember you were definitely a good, great customer service. Well, that's the thing. You have these, like, you you're gonna make your friends immediately on the phone. Um, and most of the bike shops that you deal with are, they're they're so open to to learning and um, kind of establishing that relationship with somebody at that company that they they want to make a really good contact. Right. And you do you you become friends with that person. You call. You know. You just start talking smack you you get as comfortable as you can and i mean not that that's how i guarantee you're going to get the best um side of me but it's nice when i when i pick up the phone and i hear i can hear the first crack of your voice and i'm like ah it's la la there there were like 60 shops back in the day I, these guys would just call me to check like to check in yeah and i'm like what do you need help with they're like oh nothing nothing just just wanted to see yeah. what's up yeah. i'm like i'm busy dude <laughs> but it, what are you doing over there <laughs> Just, well, it's cool though because times. you you never really get a lot of people. None of those never got to put a name to a face unless yeah. they see you on the internet somewhere, right? Yep. So it's cool. Like once I know, like for my my spot, like talking to Bryson about the team stuff over the phone, and then you, and then when we actually met you guys, it's like, oh, okay, 
We yeah. went for tacos one day too. I mean, so you know, it's just. Well, I had so my <clears throat> my first time that I remembered at least interacting with Ronnie. I think I'm sure I'd met him before that, but we're at Whistler, and I was riding a Marzocchi at the time, and yeah, I remember. And like had had problems with the the fork after you know not maintaining it for eight months or whatever. I don't know why it would go wrong, but <laughs> I, can, I can finish you're that story to, for you're you. You're supposed dude. to maintain forks. So I can finish that story <laughs> for wash you them because off. I, I remember <clears throat> this vividly. So I had been in Whistler at that point in time. I had been in Whistler for almost a month and I finally got a day off. And I remember getting off the lift and I was cruising through the village by the Longhorn on my, my uh, demo nine and I hear someone yelling, and it was Lala. <laughs> and she was like, one of my guys has a problem with this fork. And I was like, oh, I'm off today, that. man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when I, when, um, it, dude, it took me like, I remember, I was like, dude, let's do this, man. Yeah, but you, I, I you remember, still did I remember it. That you day. didn't. I, I still do it. I still, yeah, I, I still but I, I mean, like so, that. I mean, you talked about the customer service and all that. And it was like, for me, because I felt bad, because I'm there going, I could see, like, he's out riding in Whistler, like, he doesn't want to go back and do this, you know? But, yeah. I mean, and Bryson, you were there, too, and, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are awesome because they don't have to do this. I'm an old, fat guy out here trying to enjoy my ride, and they want me to enjoy the ride, too, you know? Yeah, we, so, we do, We I mean, and, and we still do. Like, I'll, I'll show up somewhere, and as badly as I want to ride, um... I, it's not that it's it's free for me to get there because it, it's not. Bryson pays me. Um, Pay him a lot I, of money. Yeah. I'm well, clocking yeah. twenty years Bank. later, you got your M three, so you know. But um, yeah, you show up and there's there's kind of an understanding of man. There's a lot of not just our customers, but just people in general. Um, you spend a lot of money to get to some of those those locations to ride. Yeah. Yeah. And if that just whatever component craps out on you and there's no no way to repair it or replace it that ends your trip everything about that fun you're about to have just goes out the window so to have that opportunity to keep somebody on their bike yeah why not man yeah it's it's 45 minutes out of my day or maybe maybe it's three hours i've had that happen too yeah but you just you do it man and you you feel better at night or you just want to strangle a customer you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> well he just told us he fixed the peanut butter that was in there and it was good to go yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it, it, to me it's just it's such so simple from the business side it's just you want to treat people how you want to be treated right yeah so you know if somebody you know, and I'm, <clears throat> believe me, I'm, I'm a consumer. I buy a lot of crazy stuff and most stuff I don't even need. But when I, <laughs> you know, if I were, you know, I'm a loyal customer to different products that I buy. And when you're treated really well, yeah, you're just, you're, obviously you're going to go back and, yeah, and, right. you know, and that's, when with this business, I empower everybody that I have on staff. So they're free to make their own decisions on whether they're going to, you know, whether it's a warranty or you, you just take care of people, they, uh, they, nobody needs to ask, Hey, you know, can I take care of this guy or this or that? No, just like Mr. Marzocchi used to say, make your own decisions. Just don't make any wrong ones. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, just take care of people, you know, yeah. that's in it and it, it'll pay off in the long run. It's easy. <clears throat> yeah. You just keep people happy. Well, that's cool. That's, um, that's why your employees 
stick around for so long because you empower them. You allow them to to be their own person and and make their their own decisions. That's awesome. That's cool. So, um, going to take a quick minute and plug our sponsor, Kinda Tires. Um, Lala, you want to take the Kinda lead? Oh, you're giving it to me this time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we want to thank Kenda for not only supplying the T3 race program all the, all these years with um, tires, but also a lot of athletes out there. Whatever your rubber side down is, whether it be your Hellcat, your Pinner, and like I said before, even the little kids' bikes, because we sell those in the store as well. Um, Huck and Ride 30 on their website. Just go on there at the end on the coupon code is Huck and Ride 30. Get 30% off anything you purchase um, from Kenda's website. And uh, it's also um, on our Instagram. So make sure if you forget about it or whatever, you can go on there and tag them and let them know you're riding them and enjoying them. Thanks again, Kenda, for sponsoring the program. We'll get back to it with Bryson and Ronnie. And uh, so Bryson, um, one of the other people that we haven't talked about that that works for you is your son well we we briefly talked about him but um so how long has junior been uh officially working well he's been with dvo hmm. since the beginning right yeah so dvo since the beginning but prior to that he was with me at marzoki okay so racing primarily racing so i think uh i think he stopped racing i don't know when he stopped racing ronnie can't remember I don't know. You kept, trying, something. you kept trying to get him to <clears> still <throat> race, and he's like, Dad, I just want to ride my bike. Yeah, he's like, I've been racing things for like 20 years. I'm I like, well, you're ride. only 20 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> but no, I, yeah, he raced BMX, you know, and then motocross and, and downhill. So Wasn't yeah. one of his last races the enduro at bootleg till he puked at the end? He's like, <laughs> I, he looked at me, he's like, I'm done. I'm literally, yeah. <laughs> my I puked everything out over there. I am done yeah. racing. <laughs> he, he had fun. He won that race, so he was stoked. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he he did a lot of suspension testing for us at Marzocchi. So he wasn't, like, in the official right. capacity of, you know, sitting at a test job like he is now yeah. all day long designing stuff. And you have um, two boys, right? So you, yeah. you have another one. Yeah. So, yeah, Caden, he, he went the real, like, he wussed out. My younger son, he totally was out. Caden, yeah. sorry, babe. I know yeah. what you're doing out there. <laughs> College yeah. is really wussing out. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's just finishing his PhD in environmental physics. So, yes. he, yeah, he's he's into this whole global warming thing and you know, trying to fix the world and stuff. So well, I think you're, you're trying to fix the world on bikes. Yeah, so it yeah, goes exactly. The same way. So. <laughs> no, he, he's my younger son, Caden, is awesome. He's um He rode and, and you know, I kind of pushed him a little bit too you know in the mountain biking and road motorcycles and mountain bike and he'd hang with whistler but he he was always super super into physics and engineering and so and then then when he first went to school he went to school for engineering and i thought well maybe he'll transition to design stuff you know for us and and then he got into physics, and that's a whole different world. So yeah, yeah, I can't even talk to him. It's like speaking, <laughs> it's like speaking Chinese. I was like, "What are you talking about?" That's awesome. Man. Yeah, so he's he's great. Yeah, so he's he's actually a professor now, teaching up in Oregon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Lala and I did a lap with him at Whistler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. That was when we had met him. He was like, "I'm like, you didn't want to do the no." 
Nope. Okay. No. Nope. <laughs> no, like, right down doesn't this. Doesn't even hide it. Like, nope. Well, he's yeah. super mature for his age, so he just looked at us like, <laughs> look at those knuckleheads. <laughs> Is that like 2013 to 2014? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. And and what does is, what is Junior do for the company? Um, so he initially, well, he, like all of us, he does a lot of different, yeah. you know, responsibilities and job duties. But he has such a, you know, racing and suspension tuning background. So then when we first started DVO, uh, and he's obviously, you know, younger generation, he knows what's cool, he knows what's color. So I got him, you know, involved in help designing graphics, marketing. So, you know, helping me with that. And then that lasted maybe five years or so. And then he's, now he's really into actual designing the suspension. So he designs the, the structure, the chassis, the castings. Oh, cool. You know, so and that's really difficult. So you get into surfacing, 3D modeling, um, you know, over, overall fitment, just the thickness of the castings, okay. dimensions. And then <clears throat> once that's designed, it goes to our other engineering staff to do analysis. So FEA analysis for strength and fatigue and manufacturability. And so. Which you have your own crew here that does <clears throat> that as well, right? Yeah. So the way we're based. We kind of do with Tom and basically Tom and Junior, the main sort of suspension. You know, Tom does dampers and hydraulics and also structure uh, stuff on shocks. And the Junior does the forks, the chassis. So CSU, crown stanchion, steer tube, and then lower magnesium chassis. And then I have uh, an engineering staff in Taiwan. So they do one, one of the engineers, <clears throat> brilliant kid, uh, he does all the structural stuff. So analysis on whether it's you know the strength and right and testing as well he does all he handles a lot of the testing and then i have another manufacturing engineer so has junior ever <clears throat> quit on you <laughs> um i think so i think once yeah have you ever fired him no no no, no i would never fire him yeah you but would. i think he Let's quit no heck no what he knows at his age like it, he's well, I think it was, he's 29, but I think, like, I remember. Oh, my God, he's 29. Yeah, I remember when he was 27, because that's when I think I, that's when I started Marzoke, I think, and I'm like, you know, at his age, what he knows versus what I knew at my age, I was just like, <laughs> you know, I got, got to respect his knowledge and everything. Because, I mean, I was a knucklehead at 27. Like, Yeah, you were faking it until you make it. <laughs> I, we already got this. I had no idea what yeah. I was doing. And, Ronnie, what's your actual <clears throat> official title here now? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, tech warranty manager. He's um, not a manager. We, <laughs> we, dude, we all, we all do a lot here. He's a, um, he's a supervisor. So if I called here, what, what would you be able to help me with besides what? He could, uh, you know, like the joke of the day, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Same what as... about the McDonald's cheeseburger? <laughs> oh, man. Let's tell, let's How long was that, that thing around? <clears throat> It's, it's still around. I, I is it still, still here? It. Yeah, he has two of them. Yeah, I have. I have the oldest one at home. It turns uh, eleven in a couple of days, and then uh, we're gonna I have, have another, a party for a six-year-old one here in the office that we just just did it to do it, man. It's it's a weird little thing, dude. I get haunted <laughs> on every like 
Instagram. social media platform. Where's the um, cheeseburger? There's one dude, Joey <laughs> Yo Mama. I don't know who he is. I, I might know who he is, but I have no idea who he is on you know, other than Joey Yo Mama. Well, Every other post, he's harassing us about the cheeseburger. So for so those of you guys who don't know, there's a cheeseburger, and he's telling you the age of them. Literally, he has them here, and they look They're like, like fresh. you just bought it. So it was, it was a whole thing of what's in it to make it stay like that and what exactly. you in your, in your system. So. The moral to the story is... We're not getting looks, McDonald's as a sponsor yeah. of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that, if a che- 11-year-old cheeseburger looks like it's like a day old, don't eat it. Yeah. There's no organic yeah. know, it's, pro- it's property. It's pretty gnarly. I mean, yeah. that thing sat outside on top of the, the paper that it comes in, in the corner of a warehouse, uh, the first one, and I did that. I was leaving, like, I think to go to Whistler, just, you know, the whole the whole mission trip that we do. Yeah. And um, I forgot about it for, like, five months. And when I remembered that I, I left the cheeseburger somewhere, I was expecting to just find the paper. I thought a rat would drag it away or, you know, and anything. Yeah. No, dude. I came back. It was still on the paper and perfect condition. No mold, no smell, nothing. Not even a nibble out of it from any of like the warehouse creatures or, or staff. Oh, you know? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty yeah. neat, man. So I retired yeah. that first one at home. I keep it at okay. home on top of um, some of my arcade machines. And then um, I have another one here on top of the vacuum, um, the shock vacuum that we have. And it's just, it's like an instant conversation started yeah people see it and they're like what is that yeah but getting back to his title though now he he is a master suspension tuner like without him i would i'd be lost about you know i mean we're still we were testing last weekend and we're still you know every weekend we try to go testing and push the product and you know kind of obviously look at what our competitors are doing but also, you know, what we're doing, where we want to go, and how to achieve a certain feel out of the suspension. And, yeah, it's it all really I've, comes I've down had, on Ronnie. I've had a lot of really good um, teachers. and I mean, we all we all learn together <clears throat> I taught here. him everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, why he calls you daddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's after five he calls me daddy. Yeah. But, yeah, like I've, a, a lot of the people here, Tom Tom's awesome. Yeah. That guy's got his, his thought oh, yeah. process on um, – tuning is is awesome and then there's a couple of other guys there's about a handful of techs in the industry and i don't i mean some of them are very well known some of them you'll never meet in your life and i can i can go anywhere in the world and i bump into these guys and it's one of those things where you're like ah shit i don't want to sit at that table right now because i know where this is going to go and as soon as you sit down with those guys you start getting something to drink and we all start beating each other up (laughs) for for these info, like yeah. the, the little bit of info that we have, because we all apply this technique differently. So it's, it's nice to get that, those ideas out of those guys and you know, they, whatever they're squeezing out of me, I'm squeezing out of them. Right. And even if it's some of the newer guys, they don't realize like they're trying things that I, I would never, I would never do. I'm like, oh, that's a waste of time. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, but that guy did it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll find out how to get that that knock or that click out of that, yeah, you know, out of that damper like this. And you just, you start to apply it in a little bit of a different way, but it's, it's not how it was 20 years ago, 20 years ago, everything was so simple and nobody paid attention to what was actually, what was actually going on in these dampers. 
And um, now I mean, it's, back then, if you're, yeah, it was, if it was, you're shocked, topped out, or had a knock, I mean, you, you didn't care. You replaced your customers, man. <laughs> you, you didn't care. If yeah. your bike wasn't making those noises, then you weren't riding anyways. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And if it wasn't leaking, it. You, then you wouldn't know it was working. Yeah. Then you put the last yeah. summer in the microwave. Yeah. Yeah, softens exactly. it up. <laughs> yeah, that's a first. I've never heard of that before. But, oh, yeah. yeah. We did it a couple of times because, you know, when they're getting hard to find, like, and on the rear, you can put it right there. <laughs> Time to freshen <laughs> this up. It, we put it in the microwave to soften it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you put it on the popcorn mode? You're going to yeah, just leave the, <laughs> leave the tuning to the experts, Lala. Hey. <laughs> soften up. <laughs> the guy didn't want to buy a new bike. He rolled. We're good. Uh, you oh, know? man. But, I mean, you, you guys don't really get to see it. Um, and I know... On, on the bike side or the bike shop side of things for you guys, you start to depend more on um, like a local service center than you would on a manufacturer because a lot of people don't really want to send it straight back to Fox or RockShock or yeah. DBO. They want to try to find somebody local. And right now, if you go out and look for a local suspension service center or tuner, it's actually a lot, <laughs> a lot easier to do. Right. Because I know daily I deal with anywhere from 10 to 15 of these these guys that have, they've started these businesses that are blowing up. I mean, the past five years well, no have been one wants ridiculous. To, nobody wants to be down, let's be real. Mm-hmm. It, you guys are avid cyclists. If I mail something in, it's gonna take a month. I mean, yeah. before it was two to three weeks and you're like, oh, okay, because you're yeah. in California. If you had to send your lefty back to Cannondale, you know, that's back east, you're, you're off your bike three weeks, yeah. minimum, right? Now, through COVID and everything else, you know, when you call in and you're getting a seven, eight-week lead, you know, so, of course, all these, I mean, we used one. We yeah. used one called Trail Tune Suspension. He's out <clears throat> here. John's a great guy, and he gets it back to us, and he still does the warranties, and it's awesome, right? Like, yeah, that's awesome. The whole idea is not to have people off of their bikes, right? Yeah, these guys are. How crabby are you guys when you haven't ridden in a few days? Oh, I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's two people in this room that if they don't go on their bikes. Yeah. I've seen Papa Bryson when he hadn't been on his bike in a week and oh, you say yeah. hi to him. It's the fakest hi ever. Just <laughs> everything but the whole underneath, you know? Yeah. So yep. I have something. Yeah. Something I learned about Ronnie and besides the whole friendship thing, but went to a went to a wedding. <laughs> and I thought he was the rudest guy ever, actually. <laughs> second time or third time seeing him in person, right? Um, oh, no, maybe more than that. But I'm like, Ronnie. you know? Oh, no, I had seen him a lot because the race team. Okay. I'm like, Ronnie, this guy just keeps walking by me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. wow, did I? And to me, I'm like, did I piss him off? Like, what the heck? For all you people out there who are Ronnie Dillon fans, <laughs> there's a twin brother. <laughs> Yeah. And they were DJs at Chappie Fiend's wedding. Yep. And he finally, his brother turned around and says, Ronnie's over there. And I looked <laughs> behind the DJ thing. I was, and I didn't even know you DJed. And I was like, I am so sorry. He goes, I get it all the time. <laughs> and your brother was so cool and like awesome about it. But it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it weird, though, when you, you've seen him for so many years? Because oh, yeah. I, I didn't meet his brother for quite some time after, you know, um, having Ronnie work for me. <clears throat> so when I saw them together, I'm like looking at him and I'm like, you know, like, God, that is weird. 
I mean, I know what twins are, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen twins before. But right. I'm like no. looking at them going. They're identical. Yeah. Identical, like identical. This. He, he told me he wanted to punch my brother. Cause yeah. Because. Like, uh, like an alien. <laughs> he was a doppelganger. <laughs> no. I, yeah. 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 The a doppelganger. hair, the face, everything. The everything. Like, yeah. And no. Lonnie, his brother is awesome. But yeah, he just, uh, I don't like him around me. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. Invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it was cool because then I didn't know that you DJed. Yeah. And then that's when we started talking arcades, which that's another. I don't even know if you know that. Oh, he yeah. loves. Yeah. Loves Ronnie his arcades. loves cars and he loves arcade games. Yeah. 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 And got, so. I've got my addictions. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, one of the things, too, and uh, Bryson, you touched on it earlier talking about Bryson Jr., and you kind of tied it into some of your stories, but you guys go out and test almost every weekend. And and your your motto on your on DVO is for riders by rider or by riders for riders and it's true you guys live it you guys you know you go out and you guys do most of the photography and things too like you you take all the pictures or or junior yeah, the iPhone is, takes really, well, really good pictures but <laughs> but I'm saying like you you guys yeah. are super hands on and you're you're obviously in it <laughs> you know for like a hundred percent you're not hiring everyone to do this you guys are making this work on your for the yeah. most part like you guys are the the nuts and bolts of it you're not hiring all these people you know some people think oh got to start a company i'm going to hire this person to do this this person to, and you go broke if you do do that right yeah and, and it you know what <clears throat> i mean i i think my my influence of how I kind of did Marzocchi and then went in the whole free ride scene and then, then also with DVOs, you know, I grew up in the South Bay of Redondo Beach, Santa Monica, and I was in that whole, you know, I was a skater and a surfer and I was in that whole Dogtown scene. And I worked at surf shops, um, Rick Surfboards and Dewey Weber. And okay. so those, you know, I didn't know at the time, but how influential those guys were to me and I was young you know back then you could be 12 and or 13 and you know be working at a store yeah you know so shaping and so I, I work with you know those kind of icons <clears throat> and what I learn is the authenticity so like if when you're you know and you're developing a high level product and you want to have a really cool company you there's there's a lot of fake companies out there who do that they'll buy their image pay mm -hmm. people to develop their image of the company. But, you know, to me, the real sort of successful companies are the authentic ones, like people that are actually, <laughs> they're living it and they're doing it yeah. and they're not hiring an agency to do your right. brand imaging. Well, you're, you're out at the races too. I, mean. I guess that's what I was <laughs> yeah. touching yeah. on is that, you know, the, the passion for what you're doing comes through. And that's, yeah. that's basically what shows and you're authentic. And I'm, that's I'm laughing about what he said about the authenticity of it, because <clears throat> as a 21 year old kid, when I started working in this bike industry, uh, like just getting to see some of the things that Marzocchi did and me realizing who my employers actually were. Um, at that point in time, I was really heavy into BMX and BMX at that point in time was it was as punk rock as it could get. Just just hooligans, just doing bad things all day. Um, I start working with this company and getting to, to see how everything was. Um, I think the eye opener was was the Bomber Girls, and I'm like, dude, there aren't a lot of companies out there that do stuff like this. And then getting to Interbike, my very first Interbike, I mean, people knew they knew who I. I had never met any of these people in my life. They knew me. 
I don't know how they found out who I was. They'd been lied to on the phone by you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, <laughs> you can only lie to that, so many people. <laughs> that first guy with the he Z2 the was line, looking for me. He, he thought the line was to see the forks. It was that line to be like, you lied to me. I went out real yeah. well, it, No, it was crazy, though, because the uh, mm-hmm. like when I finally got to see like what was happening, I got to see the posters, the two girls in the bathtub, all that good stuff. And I was like, oh, damn, this is bunch of perverts <laughs> and then um, i see it in person and i'm like this is insane like i have i had no idea this was this was like this. like this is really like this it's not just like a front of an advertisement <laughs> it was the it was the way the it's, company it's not an attention getter it was no, really it like was, that right? it was how intense the company was as far as how how it worked and it's basically been that way i mean we can't do you know the crazy um girl advertising oh, how, could, how it was but, but yeah, we'd, we'd get the smack <laughs> on the hand now there's there's some funny we'd, things we'd get but in trouble it's it oh, is I, like that exactly like to be authentic basically the, what you see and what you get is what you get with you guys and that's yeah that's what i think is real and that's like i said like how many races and events did you do because you knew that's you're all he had to set up in that trailer and time and time again just work on everybody's stuff yeah. you know rice and i know you've been out at a an unaccountable amount of events also because we've been there too and you know and to you're the owner you're out there shaking hands and like kissing babies yeah kissing babies (laughs) but but getting kissing women (laughs) but you were out there making it happen as well (laughs) oh my god we we have to though it's it's but that's what keeps the core that's that's the whole four riders my riders like you know, I, yes. my boss now, you know, he's in the BMX Hall of Fame. He's he used to be UCI and USA. So, like, here I'm like, I got to ask for this time off. Totally gets it because he's been there. So that's. Well, your boss gives you days off? Yeah. <laughs> we got to write him on the schedule. <laughs> Don't get me started. Ronnie, I do guy. believe I've called in a few times and you're off for the day. I was faking bed. Oh, that's, how, that's like, how you get days off. Well, at least they taught you good on how to fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's cool. It's, I mean, even, you know, sometimes, sometimes the sarcasm is a little deep, but even Junior will be like, <laughs> when he had to call me for something, I'm like, okay, but over the years, Junior and I became friends, like when, whether needing a bike or whatever. And it's just, it's, it's cool to see that the passion that comes through on that. That's, that's where, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's awesome that, um, you know, people like us can, I don't know if we're making a living in the bike industry, but we're, you know, we, we get to do what we love and, and work with people that, you know, for the most part, we, we like most of the time. And yeah, that's, it's a good, it's good industry. It's a good industry and it's a good life. Yeah. And the ones who don't, who aren't in it for long, don't belong. And you, just like you said earlier, Ronnie. It's, like, a, it's something we've seen. Um, I mean, especially working with these guys. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but we've had people in the past that come up, they come to work with us and it's cool for like 25 minutes. And then you can just, you see straight through. It's like, oh, oh yeah. So you, uh, oh, cool. You want my job? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, that, and that happens. That happens well, quite mean, often in this yeah. world. If you're going to do great things, you, you got to, you have to put the time in. Right. You know, there's, you can't fake that. Yeah. You know, you can't, you might, yeah. you might get lucky once in a while, but 
And, uh, you know, we all enjoy going to races and being out there. And we're making racing equipment. Like, you gotta, you got to show up. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't do it from the sidelines. Yeah. So hey, let's go to first times. Okay. Do you have one? Um, well, I, <clears throat> I did my first time that I uh, allowed Ronnie to work on my fork. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> uh first time for ronnie we saw we hear your story of when you're tech tech guy when was the first time you really like was like wow this is what i want to be in oh man that was a long time ago so that was probably <laughs> um dude somewhere in italy i want to say garda and i was Oh no no I'm sorry it was uh it was France it was um, the Rock Desert race and that was like just I actually hated it but loved it at the same time but I was like I right. don't want to do anything else right now like I'm I'm positive that this is this is what I'm, I want to do for as long as I can until they decide to get rid of me they never got rid of me so I know. every week I try <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome though because like yeah. it you know I mean it, even for me like something triggers and. I think one of the most rewarding things I've done is that AIDS life cycle from San Francisco to LA. You're helping people who, some of them haven't trained to be on a bike. Yeah. And they're now riding, someone showed up on a beach cruiser from San Francisco <laughs> to LA. And you're just cheering them on. They didn't know they needed parts. You know, we're out there with parts. And, and, and so the same thing, it's just one of the rewarding things. Like, you love to hate it because it's long days, long, every, everything about the, it is miserable. Yeah. But it's awesome at the same time. Yeah, showed up to a, a different country in a rental car with uh, no tools, and I was working out of the back of one of the Marzocchi rigs, and they abandoned me. <laughs> I didn't speak French, Italian, German. I, I don't I You've speak English, You've gotten abandoned right? a couple times in your life now. That <laughs> was that was awesome, though, because, I mean, how else am I going to communicate with these people except to fix their broken shit? <laughs> there you go. That was it. So you... You know, the guy didn't speak any any English, and I didn't speak any French. And he handed me this mangled superfly, and I was like, ah, oh, no, no need for uh, no, no need for words. I don't need words here. I, I know exactly what that thing is is doing right now. Yeah, and that was it. That's for me. That's what it was. And uh, fortunately, but unfortunately, it'll always be me wanting to fix something. Yeah. So that's, that's that's fun. That's that's my fun. But I think fixing things is a lost. I mean. I don't know what you said like a lost art. A lost art. I mean, you know, I know Jay does flooring and is very picky on what he does and sees and, and does and yeah. you know, like that perfectionist part of it, like right. Working with hands is one of those things going going out the door. Cool. And so yeah. that's awesome that you know, you want to get I love seeing I mean, I know I have my nails and stuff, but like I'll do something at work and I just was the other day and you know, and I got grease on my hands. You just go wash it. Like it's what yeah. we do, right? That's and so life. so it's cool. All right, you have one for Bryson? Um, so, Bryson. Um, Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> first first time. You will keep it clean. We yeah. got to yeah, yeah. think of this answer. Okay, so the first time that you uh, realized that your son was going to, I don't know, following your footsteps. Like, what, what was the... Where was there a moment? And maybe, and he's not because he's definitely his own man for sure. Yeah, he's. I love, I love Junior to death because he's his own man. But you know, he's every bit a part of DVO the way that 
you are in the way that Ronnie is, you know, uh, he dude. definitely puts his stamp on it. So that, that kid is awesome. This, I've seen him grow up. So, yeah. 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 So I guess the the first time you realize that, well, I'm get to work with my son and it's, you know, he's, he's a valuable part of, of what we're doing. The first time, I mean, yeah, he's, well, I can, God, there's a couple of things that pop, <laughs> pop into my, into my memory, but, um, he, I think he kind of, it was at Marzocchi and, and he was doing some stuff, you know, we were racing and obviously I was trying to bring him, I think a little bit more into the company to kind of start teaching the business stuff. But, you know, he's in that 17, eight, yeah, I was probably 16 or 17 at the time. So, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to become your own man and you maybe don't want to work for you. He, he grew up with us. So right. That's all he knew. That was his reference and point in his baseline. So I think he went, he went to work. He went to work for um, Hollister in the mall here locally. Oh, God. <clears throat> and besides, besides the fact he's like, oh, man, I met so many hot girls there. That was the only thing he said. But he, he just goes, that company is run so poorly. Yep. And um, he got, I mean, that's the only really different job he's ever had. So he, he quickly came back after like six months and he's like, he's like, yeah, I kind of thought you guys were a bunch of knuckleheads, but, <laughs> but he goes, it's pretty well run organization. Like he's an, and yeah, for, he actually, you know, that's, but that's what I want him to do. Like, yeah. you know, he's free to do whatever he wants. I mean, right. I, you know, I mean, I love my kids and think I'll support him doing anything they want to do, but um yeah no i'm just lucky he's you know he's he has the same passion and care that we all do here yeah you know and it, it's definitely part of it but he definitely doesn't want to do what i do he's yeah just, he just sees me up late at night working yeah. and doing stuff he's just like there's no well, way i want to do that well speaking of his yeah. his passion and care i'm going to just share a first time one of the first time interactions that i had with junior was in whistler and we're uh, sizing up crab apple hits. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they were big. They're, they're as big as they are now. Yeah, and uh, he had I, already hit it a couple. Yeah, times. he'd hit it a couple times, and so I'm rolling down. I'm I think I'm following John Buckle at first, and Buckle like did the first two small ones, and he he kind of pulled off, and I was feeling good, so I'm like I'm letting it go. And Junior was pushing his bike back up, and he's like, "You probably want to follow someone." And I should have followed someone because I sent it by like. Well, no, you told him. Okay, I'll follow you. He pulled off after the first. Two. I don't know, but Jake anyhow, anyhow, it went bad, and uh, went bad. His words were going through my head as I was <laughs> flying through the air, cartwheeling. <laughs> so, so anyhow, you know, it was uh, that was that was one of my my first time interactions. I'm like, well, I should I should have listened to the kid. He gave you advice you didn't listen to. Yeah, I know. He probably thought he was a little girl back then because he was riding Rustler with his long hair. Remember that? Or he'd wear this lion, this lion head costume over his helmet. Oh, man. He was a a clown. I remember being on the lift. I was sitting up there with a couple guys I didn't know, and he's just ripping the course right underneath the lift. And these guys are like, I hate that little girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was like... Uh. That's not a little girl. Yeah. They were like, no, that's a little girl. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to let them think that's a little yeah. girl. This yeah. is, it makes it even better. Yeah, like, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he, he had a good good little childhood. Yeah. Living in 
you know, grew up at Whistler. We grew up in the bike park at 12, you know, 10 or 12. And right. Riding there all summer. So. Yeah. And you also have a daughter, right, Bryce? Yeah. So we had a huge milestone recently. Took her surfing. Because I'm a surfer. You know, that's like, I like biking. But surfing surfing is in my soul, yeah. So, yeah, she's she's going to college, too. First year in college. Oh, my gosh, she's in college. Yeah. I think we've seen her when she was, like, seven or eight. What the heck? They grow yeah. up? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. She's she's so a fast. young she's a young woman. But yeah, she's in the in the Dodge School of Film at Chapman. Awesome. But yeah, it's really cool cuz you know, she wanted I guess she kept going, "I want to go to film school." I'm like, "Man, it's it's all going to be made by computers." Like, yeah. what do you want to do that for? No, she's doing the business side like what it costs to actually put, you know, a 50 million dollar film together. Uh-huh. See, so she's and she's totally into it. And so this is whatever. a total area. She can come back to get into it. So yeah. So she's it. learning business and all that stuff. But yeah. But she's a surfer. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. That, nice. Yeah. Got her new awesome. surfboard. Got her. Got her new custom board and stuff. So. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And Ronnie. <clears throat> Kids. Just one. He's that he crazy. knows of. He's crazy. <laughs> he has you as his dad. What do you think? Yeah. He's he he is as bad as I am. Um, and how old is he? He's nine. Okay, so I remember when you were having a, well, not you, but I remember when you were like, my sons do any day, well, my kids do mm-hmm. any day. I remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Zane, yeah. Zane, is, Zane's a really cool kid. He's yeah, awesome. he's, he's fun. It's, I think uh, I seen him when he was about two, so. Probably, yeah. Um, I forget where I had him, but. Wow. Like where, when, you, when you met him. Um, but yeah, man, it's. It's scary. It's uh, nothing is safe at home. My tools uh, being not safe because. Well, why? He's just going to learn about the internals so that way he can. Come he takes stuff tech. apart. Yeah, then, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He already does. Um, there you go. If I'm taking something apart, he's right there. If I'm working on a car or a motorcycle or whatever, he's he's right there. That's awesome. So right now his thing is um, anything anything like Nerf gun related. And uh, I'm, I'm also starting him up on like electronics and stuff like that. But he's uh, he's actually pretty good with taking apart carburetors. That's it's pretty fun. Uh, That's how I would prefer it, honestly. Yeah. Because like yeah. You, like you said Absolutely. earlier, it is like it's kind of a dying. Well, a lot of, lot of the new generation, right? They don't have yeah. their smartphone in front of them. They don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I know. It's just. Up at my dad's house. I sound like an old guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I was just up by my parents and mm-hmm. I was doing something with my dad. We're unloading a trailer and moving stuff and hooking it up and moving it to the other side of the yard. And and I looked over at my dad. I said, Thanks for raising us to use our hands. Like, because it is that. Like, you know, I don't have to ask somebody how to do something. Like, you know, common sense probably goes with that too. But yeah. it's cool that I'm not afraid to get dirty and. Yeah, you know, no, get in there and get to work. Be surprised how many people can't, as yeah. simple as unhooking a trailer, tying it down, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, so it, it's cool. It, it ties back, I'll, I'll end with this because we're running a little over yeah. on, on our time, not that we've run over, we can do what we want, but uh, I'll tie it into, Bryson shared a story years ago, uh, I think when DVO was just starting out and he hired a kid to... The kid didn't know how to sweep a floor. <laughs> but it just kind of ties into what we're talking about. It's yeah. like, just get in there and work. Like, if you start with sweeping the floor, Lolly, you've shared this story a few times. You know, you started out the cleaning lady. And, you know, you just get in there and get to work. And 
you don't know what it could lead into you know but you just got to be willing to get your hands dirty yeah so. man just yeah don't, don't be too proud to sweep a floor no yeah a toilet, you, you gotta be willing to start wherever yeah. to earn your place yeah and a lot of you know it's where we kind of live in this entitlement society yeah. anyway we all know that right. yeah what that's all about yeah well thanks for having us yeah thank you guys thank you it yeah. was um not gonna be the last enjoyable one. like trying to i you know remembering all the old stuff and kind of been kind doing of enjoyable kind yeah, of yeah kind of enjoyable. well i never got to hear the full story so it was enjoyable for me because yeah you know no was... i mean there's you know kind of not because you guys are here but some you know the memory it's it's tough like you know business and fighting the you know competition and covid yeah. and yeah no it's you know, most of it's most of the business side has, has been enjoyable. Yeah. Well, yeah. and hopefully a lot of continued success. I know you got a lot on back order, and you know, and and anybody listening out there, believe me, they don't want they they want you to be on their forks more than than you know. So they want them all over here and mm-hmm. assembled and put together. So they're that, working hard at that is getting a, everything done. Another podcast. Of, oh right. yeah supply all right. chain supply? Oh, constraints yeah. and oh, yeah, how definitely. crazy the bike industry now is now I it's, work it's in insane it. yeah yeah no i know so, so but thank you so much and thank thanks you. for having us yeah, and thanks yeah and i'm sure there'll be plenty more of these yeah going on. yeah well, good yeah. <laughs> lala thanks congrats on your new grill you look really gangster <laughs> you look very gangster yeah <laughs> and remember kenda huck and ride 30 get go to their website get 30 percent off and wherever you're Go ahead. All right. So wherever life's trails take you, keep, keep the, the rubber, rubber side, side down. down. Oh, philosophical right there. there right Getting there. deep. Yeah. <laughs>